Welcome back, everybody. This is Angel, your host here at Atlas Cast or the Atlas Podcast. Some people are starting to call it now. With me today is someone that I would really want to say has been an inspiration since I started this podcast. He's one of the first podcasts that that I followed. Uh, he is probably San Francisco's favorite native son and the Off the Stude podcast host. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Wally. What's good? What's good, Angel? Thank you for having me on the show, man. I really appreciate you. Oh, man. Likewise. And, and I'm very fortunate to have you on the show. Um, and, you know, just, just for my listeners out there, man, if you could, you know, introduce yourself and uh, just tell them what you do. Yeah, man. So uh, I'm Wally Hippolito. I'm host of the Off the Soup podcast. Uh, it's a society and culture podcast where, you know, society and culture can really range from so many different topics. That's why I identified it as such. So one week I could be talking about sports and gambling and and uh, just straight fuckery from media, or I can get really political, or I can also jump into, you know, Topic, ra- very random niche topics like, you know, relationships. And one of the things that I really, really am passionate about is my culture, which is, uh, if you look at the Opposite podcast, I am, I am Filipino American. And we, just to highlight it a little bit, we are the biggest Asian American group in the, in the nation. And we are seldom spoken about whether it comes to resources or uh the media or any type of love like that and we are adamantly taken out of the asian american community um and what i mean by that is you know we as filipino americans have had to fend for ourselves and when we do try to save off and try to do our own thing we're we're brought back into this notion where we're separating the Asian American community. So off the street podcast is really just me highlighting my culture and my people. That's what's up, man. And, and, and to be honest, I'm, I'm very, very big fan of the Filipino culture, you know, being half Mexican and half Korean in Los Angeles, you know, sometimes you couldn't turn to, to, to one or the other, but you know, the, Mm -hmm. the, the Filipinos homie, the Filipino homies always took me in there like, Hey, you sound like us. You look like us. You dress like us. You, you, you have a Hispanic sounding last name. You look Asian. You're one of us. So, I mean, that, that's, that's yeah. who I decided to roll with. And I, I will say this about Filipinos is that they're very welcoming. They're very welcoming to everybody. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, um, it's just really in our nature. That's one of the biggest traits among Filipinos. And, you know, not to go a little, not to go too far, but it's really a product of our, you know, it's really a product of slavery in our own nation mm. and just making the best of what we have, what we've been given when it comes to living in the Philippines and coming over here in America. I, I wholeheartedly agree, man. And, and you know, you guys are, are not immune to the issues that, you know, immigrants have in this nation. You know, oftentimes you're, you're looked down upon, you're, you're, you know, cast out sometimes. And don't get me wrong, we, although you and I come from these, these uh, major metropolitan areas in which our cultures are, are very much accepted, uh, I guess not to dive immediately into it, but fuck it, I will. Uh, Do I, it. I, I pulled out a statistic. I, I pulled out a statistic, and this actually came from the city of San Francisco. Um, this isn't pertaining to just the city, but 
between, I believe, March and June, there were 2,100 attacks on Asian Americans. And according to those reports, a lot of them had to do with the rhetoric coming out of the president's mouth. I I have an issue with this, and and it's not necessarily because of me being half Korean. Uh, I I did have to deal with racism uh, from multiple angles uh, attacking that side of things, but because I wasn't really raised or, you know, had the knowledge of or, you know, was never immersed in the culture, it, it really had no effect on me. But, you know, I live in a different part of the country now in which people could be a little bit more hostile. And my son is a quarter Korean. He is 75% Hispanic. These are the issues that, again, no one wants to talk about because oftentimes, you know, you hit the mute button on Asian people because we're good at math. But yeah. I don't think that's the case anymore. <laughs> No, no. And, you know, that's a part of representation, man. And that's that I haven't really looked at those numbers that you're talking about, but I believe it. Um, I actually just read this story about this kid and this, this Filipino kid and his mom, where his mom was attacked by, you know, three dudes who had that kind of a racist rhetoric that you're talk, you were talking about. And, you know, these three dudes were attacking the mom. They were beating her up. And then the son pulled up. He, I mean, he knocked, I think he knocked out one one or two of the dudes, and then he chased the other one down on uh, the Muni, which is our bus system. So he chased him on and off it, and the dude ran to a corner, and all of a sudden, he was met by like seven or eight of that dude's homies. And then before he knew it, he had to run back to his mom and make sure she was okay. And um, this was on one of the stories, uh, shout out Undiscovered SF, it's a Filipino, um, it's a Filipino-American organization. Uh, they actually put out that story and it's fucking wild, man. You know, you know, in these situations, nobody should be attacked. But in, but the common misconception is like, no one knows what we're like, no one knows who Filipinos are and what, and what we look like. And that's like kind of part of the problem. Not, not to say that anybody who isn't Filipino should be attacked, but it's, it's crazy under the underrepresentation that we have. I, I wholeheartedly agree. And, Again, me not really uh, having a, a full perspective from my Asian side. I, I've, I've always realized this about Filipinos is that you guys were always kind of kept out of the circle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. I, I actually spoke to Dr. Kevin Nadal about this. He's a, he's a professor at John Jay Law University in New York, and he's a professor of psychology. And he was telling me that, you know, when as I said earlier, when we try to start these things that help uplift our community and try to pull together resources, it becomes this, it becomes a problem. And then all of a sudden, you know, powers from the Asian American community tell us, hey, you know, you shouldn't be doing this because you're separating the community. But it's at the same time, it's like, where were you guys before all this? You know, we had to fend off for ourselves. This is why we're doing this now, because you guys weren't here to help us. And you know, it's just a, it's just a weird dichotomy in it all where, like, we don't, we as Filipino Americans don't necessarily know what to do because it's like we don't want to separate ourselves, but at the same time, we kind of have to, we have to center ourselves. You're, you're absolutely right. And look at how many times, like, Filipino Americans had to come from behind in order to lead the front. You know, it, it, it's crazy because, like, oftentimes, like, my family comes to me thinking that I'm the all-knowing Buddha of the family because I look this way. But <laughs> they, they, they're they like, well, 
I've never realized, you know, Asian people being racist. I'm like, well, they're, they're, they're not racist. They're, they're just really, you know, prejudiced against one another. That's why, that's why there's a North and South Korea. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah and, exactly. And, I mean, that's crazy. And, and, and one of the things, and I feel like, and, and this is a very relatable topic, I feel, but in, in Mexican families, and I know this happens in Filipino families too, you're, you get treated differently the darker you are. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And that's a part of a colonialism, man. Um, you know, Western colonialism has taught us that, you know, light skin it is better and, you know, the darker you are and to go to the to go to Philippine to the Philippines, um, you know, if you're light skin or fair skin, that means you were in the house, that means you were rich, that means you don't really have to lift a finger. But if you were dark skin, you were out in the fields doing work and, you know, you're poor, you probably had like 12 aunts and uncles and you were all living under the same hut and you were sharing you were sharing one piece of fish and rice that's a true story by the way to my family Damn. <laughs> and uh yeah yeah man it's crazy that them motherfuckers are going hard but yeah it, it's crazy the asian the asian american community is really uh it's really interesting because we know what we want but we it, it's it's crabs in a barrel mentality really Damn. Yeah. I'd say that. Yeah. And, you know, again, you, you come from one of the cities where there's there's a lot more diversity. I, I remember, again, I, I, I went to live in San Francisco for, for one semester and I, I immediately fell in love with the city. I, I don't care what anyone from Southern California says. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a Giants fan, but I, I love San, I love San Francisco. I, I I can legitimately say I love it. I, I love the people. You guys have a much better transportation system. Um, the the oh, toll I heard that. the toll booth suck. Don't get me wrong, but uh, you know San Francisco had it going on. It was a much faster pace. People spoke faster. People you know did things differently. And and I think what one of the things that always stood out to me was the school system. I I went to LAUSD. There were fifty kids per teacher uh, all throughout my four years of high school. And the one semester that, that I got to spend in San Francisco, I shared a classroom with 12 other kids, most of my classes. And the, the, the teachers were, were very much, you know, informed on things that were going on. Class wasn't boring. I actually feel like I learned. And one of the stories that I'll never forget was enrolling in school and having my cousins kind of tease me and say, you're going to the worst school in the whole district. You're 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 going to get torn apart by gang members. You're, you know, you're you're going to be ripped to pieces. You're you're not you're not going to learn anything. That place is a shithole. And me coming from already a situation in an environment like that to where well fuck it, bring it on, right? What what's the worst that you guys can do to me now? I show up and and I'm I'm realizing I'm I'm realizing I'm making friends with different walks like different walks of life, different skin colors, different creeds. Uh, my teachers feel you know I feel like they give a damn about me, and. Uh, it was Mission High School, Mission High. In, yeah, yeah. And I've never been surprised. I've never been more surprised at, at a school because I was like, "Fuck, bro!" Like, I I like this place. This place feels like Degrassi to me. Like, this place is awesome. But it came with the Mission District, which wasn't the friendliest place. Do, do you know yeah. anything about that place? What about Mission High School? Uh, Mission High or Mission or the Mission District? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I grew up in the Excelsior district, which is a uh, one, one, one or two bus stops away. And um, shout out Mission High School, man. But on some real Mission High School used to be like the craziest fucking school in the, one of the craziest schools in the city. That and June Jordan. But 
Yeah, man. Uh, to your point, that's that that's dope that you uh, got to experience San Francisco that way because that is what San Francisco is about or was about. Really, it was really very it was a very diverse city that was accepting of you regardless of your creed or skin color or religion, and they really just judged you based on your um, based on the way you act and the way you treated people. I mean, I remember growing up like. You know, all my friends were like Filipino, Black, Samoan, Mexican, Tongan. And, you know, my friends and I, we used to call each other like the United Nations of homies. But that was how diverse our group really was. And, you know, we never really we never really cared about the race aspect. It was just, you know, did you play sports? Were you hella cool? Like, did you fucking roast people? And that's what we did. That's what we do here in San Francisco and or at least in the old San Francisco. And especially in the mission district where it's predominant, where it used to be predominantly Mexican and black folks and, um, you know, a, a little peppering of Filipino and Korean people, it's not surprising that they welcomed you with open arms. And you're absolutely right, man. And, and, and I loved it. And, and, and to my people from Southern California and Nevada, you know, it, it's, it's crazy because, you know, being from Los Angeles, you think you, you grew up with the best Mexican food in the world. And to an extent, that is true. And Las Vegas, no disrespect yeah. to you, but you don't have any good Mexican food. But but living in San Francisco, right? I, I remember this. I, I was I got real cool with this Chinese guy, and he goes, "Hey, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna take you to go eat burritos tomorrow." And I'm like, "Fuck, I haven't had one in a few months. I could go. I could go for it because you know, <laughs> I, I you you would pick one up on the way to school or after school every day." And yeah. he, he took me to this place on, in in Russian Hill, and immediately I, I just. I seized up. I was like, don't take me to this rich area to eat Mexican food, bro. And, and, and I walked in and immediately the guy behind the counter, you know, he, he didn't speak Spanish. And I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm having issues now. I'm having legitimate issues. <laughs> that was the best burrito of my life. <laughs> Hands down. Damn, of your life? Of my life, bro. Of my, I've lived in Mexico. I lived in LA. I lived in different parts of the world. I, I, that's probably been the best burrito of my life. It, it, and I, oh, I don't rem- I don't remember the name of the restaurant, but I do remember what it looked like, and I remember it was it being on, uh, it being in Russian Hill because I had to take the bus. I so I used to live in, uh, in the avenues, and I had to go to the Mission District uh, to to go to school. So it took me across the whole city, and That's I a hike, bro. It, it, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I but dude, I, I'll be honest, uh, that bus ride to me was was everything, bro. It it, it showed me again different walks of life, and I realized yeah. I realized how how different. San Francisco was to other West Coast cities. You know, it wasn't San Diego. It wasn't Los Angeles. It wasn't Santa Barbara. It, it was it was Manhattan brought to the West Coast. Yeah, you know, the thing about San Francisco is, like, we have our highlights, like the Bridge, Castro, um, now the Mission, Mission District. But what people forget is that San Francisco was a fucking poor working class city. And that's why you had so many artists coming out of this city, like, you yep. know, from all different different types of genres, because what do artists do? They're fucking bored because they can't travel anywhere. So they have to imagine shit in their mind because they're fucking poor. So that's really where, um, and so that's really where the color of the city and like the, the I, I want to say the flaws of the city come from. Yeah, man. And, and, and it's crazy because, uh, again, my, my, my first introduction to moving to San Francisco, I pulled up real late and um, it was it was my I pulled up to my uncle's apartment and it, it was actually uh, did you say you were from the Washington district? No, the Excelsior. My, my bad. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, 
there's there's a place near downtown. I, I I think the street is called Washington, or it's called the yeah. Washington. Yeah. So so I pulled up there, and immediately when getting out of the car, I saw like dudes like in a dice game, and I said, "Oh shit! Why why did I take <laughs> why did I take this chance?" And and immediately the next day, it was you saw the same people, but it, there really wasn't any issues. And and I realized that in in San Francisco, the gang problems that I had in L.A weren't the same the gang problems in san francisco weren't based off not necessarily you know your, your ethnicity or anything but it was the colors that you were wearing that was my first time actually legitimately sitting down and, and living amongst other like asians that were involved in gangs and it was it was crazy because i had never seen that to that point i i've, I've always went to school with you know uh, academic decathlon <laughs> uh yeah yeah you know uh type type of you know asian kids that were great tennis players and then when i moved up to san francisco i was like oh shit you you guys are are <laughs> not common and and then that's when i started discovering other you know i always knew filipinos back home in la but the filipinos in the bay area are completely different animals i will i will gladly say that <laughs> that's why that's why that's why i love you guys but you mentioned the the you know the issues with with, with the mission district like I was I was told that gentrification is laying heavy there, and and I have an issue with that. You know, I I grew up in a place that is now gentrified. Yeah. So, where uh, where where in LA? Uh, what did uh, you say? Northeast LA. Northeast LA, uh, Highland Park, Lincoln Heights. Uh, oh shit, Highland Park, really? Uh, you know about it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so my girlfriend's family is actually from Highland Park, is like she... 60, <laughs> 70. So um, so I have passed by a couple times it's it's like right there's like three really random overpasses coming through and then like an old fucking warehouse that i always pass by when we go to see her family and, and she goes like that's where my family used to live i'm like oh shit it looks nice now but you can tell like oh yeah yeah this was a piece of shit before <laughs> yeah so so uh, one thing a lot of people don't no. know one thing a lot of people don't know no, about okay. that place is that is that um the the clinton administration after there was a, a murder of a family there ended up targeting all of America because of what happened in Northeast Los Angeles. Really? Yeah, man. It, it, wait, so wait, what, what was it exactly? So uh, according to, to A&E and the episode of Gangland, <laughs> there was, this, uh, there was this, this, this family who had just left the party. They made a wrong turn into a dark alleyway and they were met according to, you know, what, gangland said uh, about 50 members uh approaching them and turning the car into swiss cheese because they thought that they were you know a, a rival gang member's car they they murdered uh they murdered a small child uh a, a wife and husband and from that moment on and, and this kind of trickles down i guess into the whole socio-politic thing um hillary clinton had come out and said that those men that ended up doing that those men that were held liable those men that you know should be held accountable that did that to that family would be what are considered super predators and and in that when when i was listening to that video like sometime last year i was thinking about it i'm like i can get how you would say that they're predators because that's gang bang gang banging mentality but calling them super predators is another step and then as time went on i realized that the clinton administration was the first administration to to actually it's exceed its goal to hire uh more than 10,000 police officers across the United States and it was bounced off that so bouncing off calling the the gang members from northeast los angeles super predators spreading fear kind of like the reagan administration did mm -hmm. you you cause the over policing 
of East Los Angeles, of Los Angeles. You gave us the Rampart District. Don't forget that. Fuck you, Clintons. And, uh, and essentially the, the, the whole world. You know, I, 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 know, I know hell of bad shit happens up in the Bay and, and, and you know, but this is California and, and these, this is what you expect, you know, from, from these kinds of things. I, don't get me wrong. I, I don't condone what, what, what happened. I, I don't think any of that shit's cool, but, you know, to, to, to use one nasty situation to, to amplify your, your need or your, your promise to hire more police officers and then, you know, the modern day left calling for lack of police officers is what gets to me. Yeah, yeah, man. It sounds like that's part of, like, the 94 crime bill because you said it was during the Clinton administration, right? Yeah. That's fucking crazy how that all, like, co- like it's starting to make sense now. Like, you know, we just had the debate, the vice presidential debate today, and we had the shit show last week, but now I, I never knew about that story, man. That's something I'm definitely going to have to look into, especially if I go there, you know, since I'll be around there more often, you know? Yeah, no, definitely, man. And, and, uh, I, Filipinos always were always in between Highland Park and Eagle Rock, man, and and, and that's why I, I really loved them. Because again, very very friendly people. They they always brought me in and Mabuhai, you know, stuff like that. It, yeah. ka- karaoke <laughs> game was on point, bro. And, <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, all Filipinos can sing. I mean, honestly, if you get me the right song, I'm I'm gonna hit that shit. <laughs> I, I I wish I was as talented, you know, as, as Filipinos. Uh, cause not, not, not only can you foo sing, you, you guys can dance. I, you guys are all, almost all of you. And I, I, I won't say almost all of you are born with, with phenomenal rhythm. You know, it goes back to what I said. Uh, if you're poor and you're artistic, you gotta, you gotta, you need something to pass the time, right? That's true. That's for damn true. <laughs> so, uh, one of the things uh, that, that you really get into in your podcast is, is hip hop. Yeah. I, I hate to put you on the spot, brother. Do you have a top five dead or alive? Oh, bro, I could sound that off right now. <laughs> um, so, uh, for sure, this is in no particular order. No, actually, maybe it is. So, it's Kendrick Lamar, Tupac, uh, Lil Wayne, um, uh, Rakim, and Kanye West. Oh. Now, Kanye, now Kanye West. Let me. I, I I know. I knew that I was gonna get that. <laughs> <laughs> Kanye West. For me, I have to compartmentalize the shit he's been doing with with the artist stuff. But I will. I, I he is one of my top five rappers of all time. But I will not say he's a top lyricist of all time. The other four that I have on my list are top lyricists of all time. Okay, I I, I could see most of them. Uh. For me, it would definitely be Immortal Technique, Rakim, Nas, mm-hmm. Big L. That's four. My fifth, I would have to probably give it to, hell, I, I'd give it to Ice Cube. He, he pretty much formed the West Coast at that point. Yeah, no, that's a solid list, though. I mean, honestly, if Biggie had at least one more album, I would put him in my top five. But just the fact, you know, rest in peace to him. One album is so fucking good. Or you know what? Actually, I would put Jay Z in my top five. Oh, Jigga, yeah. You, I, that's because yeah. because these lists rotate. We all know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, it's it's all subjective at the end of the day, right? Right. And someone's gonna make the fucking argument for somebody. Someone's gonna call Jigga a hoe. Someone's gonna say Lil Wayne has no depth with his lyrics. You know, I've we've heard it all before. 
right. and it would not sway me. <laughs> so, I, I, you, you like, I mean, your, your list is 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 pretty damn impressive. Who, as as far as like Bay Bay Area rappers, like who would you say are your favorite? Oh, uh, I would definitely have to go Mac Dre, of course. Rest R. in peace. Um, E40, of course. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you know, you know, Hustler. Hustler? Nah, not too familiar. The Hut. Not too familiar. Uh, um, the Jacka. RIP to him. And, um, I'd say Keek the Sneak. Dang. Yo, shout out to Keek, man. I, I, wherever he is in the world, bro. Man, he, uh, he, crazy story. He actually got shot last year. And, um, he, last time I saw him, he was in a wheelchair, but I forget who, I think it was Saweetie. She had, Saweetie or, or somebody hella whack. I'm not saying Saweetie's whack. They actually took one of his, they actually took his super hypey beat and like remade it. Oh no. Why would you do yeah. that? That's a classic. Yeah. I know, bro. I mean, and the worst part is I don't think it was Saweetie. You know, she'd be doing that with every fucking song. But That's true. No, I don't think it was her. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm unfortunately not not too well in depth with with Bay Area rappers. But if if I had to give you a list, it would definitely Too Short would probably be at my number one. Um, and and I don't know how people from from the Bay feel about him because he was I think born and raised in LA and then moved to Oakland, right? Uh, see, we we claim him as our own. Bro. Okay, like out the trunk always. Yeah, no, I I think uh, I, I think the Bay would would definitely have claimed and and i don't think there could be any dispute with that especially for too short but definitely too short uh fabby davis jr man that's probably my number two oh. right there uh the that's a good one that, yeah dude i i had no idea how like lyrically in-depth this man is bro like sp- he would smash you on the spot if he had to like he he can freestyle from the dome like crazy bro he yeah he he's still actually in the scene a lot he's he be ghostwriting for some of your favorite rappers. Like he, he doesn't put it out there, but he ghostwrites for a lot of fucking top rappers out there. I think he did a song for Drake. I'm not sure which one, but yeah, he he's definitely in the scene a lot. People know about him. I I, I, I fucks with the man. Uh, E40 for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Pilo is is probably the most played Bay Area rapper on my Spotify playlist for damn sure. <laughs> Pilo, I fuck with you Pilo, know, bro. I- you know, I had a thing against Hilo for a while, you know. Why? I don't know. For for a little while I just thought he was a little corny. He tried to play into <laughs> he just tried to play into shit a little too much and I got kinda sick of it. But then, you know, the last couple months, those last couple summers I was like, you know what? Pilo, you you're smooth, bro. I fuck with you. Like like Pilo is 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 a perfect representation of like hey, oh, hey that's my Filipino homie over there. That is the that is who I would like. That's my default <laughs> character for my for my Filipino friends. If if I could just take you know him, uh huh. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I'm saying like if if I could carry that dude around like a keychain, like this is what all my Filipino friends look like and act like and sound like. This this is this is the archetype <laughs> for them, bro. <laughs> you know, what? I think that's what it was though. He played into that a little too much, and I was just like, you know, we know we know what you what you're like in the Bay, and you're hella cool. You don't have to do this to the out in the outside world yeah but then i realized i was like fuck that's that's just our that's just a trait you know that's just a it's not him acting that's actually who he is you know 
exactly. No, he, he, he gets down. And, and, and I think, uh, what was it? When, when I moved to San Francisco, when I, I was, I forget what I was listening to. There was this kid listening to uh, Keek the Sneak. And that was my introduction to like hyphy music. And I just, uh, okay. I couldn't understand it. I was like, what the fuck are you guys saying? Like, <laughs> like, like, why, why are you like, I, I, I get the, the, the typical nonsense bullshit that we have back home, but it was, this was like, you know, different noises and shit. Like, Hey, you ever ghost ride the whip and Oh, check out the scraper. And that song slaps. I'm like, Hey, can, can, can I get a fucking sheet to translate this for me guys? It's, <laughs> I want to keep up. You guys are cool as shit, but <laughs> what, what are you guys, are, what are you guys saying? And, I think the more I started listening to like barrier hip hop, I, I understood it, you know, bro, bro the Bay, the Bay really is a different world of its own. And sometimes that could be, that's a lot of times that's been like the detriment of Bay area hip hop. You know, we've, uh, a lot of artists around have taken that sound and kind of put it to, and kind of brought it to a different level. But everybody knows when you listen, it's like, Oh, that's, that's Bay Area music. That's a Bay Area sound. But for some reason, our artists can never push through and just make it sound just a little bit. I don't know. I don't want to say sold out, but a little bit more mainstream, just so we can get our sound and our wave out there. I, I agree. It's it's sadly. I think uh, the the geography of hip hop. It could be like uh, I don't know. It, it could be deceiving, really, because. I've I've noticed this again. This is a this is a very big Bay Area thing in which you support yourself. You support your local artists, especially in the Bay. It doesn't matter where, what part of the Bay, if anything. But you know, I saw a lot of like you know selling out of the trunk, you know, selling mixtapes out of the trunk, stuff like that, and how everybody was was on board with 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 the hyphy movement and how it was going. Mm-hmm. I I didn't see things like that in L.A. or you know L.A. based hip hop. The only time I saw like a, a a big wave of things is essentially working with Dr. Dre. That was it. If if you worked with yeah. Dre, you you got put on a wave, and then that you 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 held on to it as long as you could, and if you were good, you were good, and if not, then you were out. But you know, I there, I mean, Lil B is still is still a subject, you know. And and when was the last time you know the pack <laughs> the pack dropped a song? Yeah, yeah. You know what? Um, you know, I think that that's actually a great comparison. You know, the Bay Area doesn't have somebody like Dr. Dre who. Uh, who can give the cosign or who can, who you can put out or who you can go to and say, Hey, this kid is up next. Uh, the closest thing we have to that is E40 and not E40 isn't big in the Bay, but he's very West coast regional. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't sway the sounds in like New York or Florida or, or in Atlanta, like other rappers know him and he's respected in the community, but he doesn't, he hasn't gained that like kind of cachet nationally to garner, uh, what who has to garner what who has what and who has next in the bay area it's pretty it's kind of fucked up and like yeah like you said it's regional and i think it's just you know the bay area just it just does we just do our own thing and that could be a detriment at times i i and i I could see how, how people would see it as a detriment but I think everybody that goes there would agree that you guys are in a completely different wavelength and, and, and it's not, I'm not saying it's amusing. It's, it's, uh, it makes me feel very lighthearted about it. It's like, damn, like you, you guys love each other. This is, this is what it's like in the Bay. You guys support one another. And, 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 and what's crazy is, is that again, it wasn't a black kid that brought this to me. It was, it was a Filipino kid. It was, you know, amongst, yeah. amongst a Japanese and a, and a Korean kid and, and, and a white chick. And I'm just like, 
you guys are all on the same <laughs> wavelength. You got you guys all speak the same language. You guys are literally come from different, you know, incomes and you guys all speak this way. You guys are in unison with one another. And that's that's what I loved about San Francisco and the Bay is that it did it didn't matter where you were from. You were from the Bay. Yeah, bro, like I said, you know, if you're cool, you're cool. Nobody gives a fuck. Uh nobody here is about that. I think the biggest thing uh nobody here is about status. Like, like I said earlier, if you're a good person and you're a hella cool, cool. You can come kick it anytime. Like, we don't give a fuck where you come from. Right. So, like, with with all that stuff being said, like, how would you say, you know, San Francisco's changed throughout the times? Oh, shit, man. Um, you know, I mean, the, the, the hot button word here would be gentrification. And to be honest, a lot of those people that you grew up around, and that you grew up knowing they probably do not live in the city anymore. And that's become a really big issue with not only the natives, but, you know, people around the area as well, because they're not, gentrification doesn't only happen in San Francisco. If those people from San Francisco got to move out, they got to go out to the suburbs and to the, you know, to the Antiochs of the world and things uh, and places like that to, you know, to make a living for themselves. So it's, it's, uh, it's an, it's an effect. It's like a, it's a long lasting effect that I don't, I don't even know when it's going to end, bro. It's pretty fucking crazy right now. So especially with all the COVID shit going on. Exactly. And, and again, I, I think I see, I'm actually seeing that happen in, in Las Vegas where people are getting evicted and people, you know, from, from California coming in with full cash prices for homes, you know, your, your, your rent shoots up and you can't afford it. And, you know, COVID happens. And then, you know, uh, this, you know this 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 fucking family with with two hundred fifty thousand in cash just shows up because they just sold their you know one point four million dollar home that they bought for a hundred thirty grand thirty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah, bro. I'm not hating on anyone making a good investment, but but it, it's happening everywhere, and, and I feel like it's in California yeah. when when all these things show up. Like, I, I have to say it, bro. And I know you feel this way about Gavin Newsom, but that dude doesn't give a fuck about you guys. No, no. I mean, it, it's crazy because I was just, what was that? I was just watching or listening to something today. Oh, I was listening to this and was it NPR? I was listening to an audio book actually today. Um, it was called how to kill a city. And this, this lady was, this dude was talking about, um, how in new Orleans, you know, after Katrina of what used to be like a two bedroom, uh, like what, like a three bedroom, two bathroom house for like five hundred, seven hundred dollars in rent, uh, is now going for like twenty two hundred. And I'm thinking, all I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, fuck, that's fucked up that it went so high. But then at the same time, I'm thinking, damn, that's still hella fucking cheap. <laughs> like twenty two hundred is a lot of money. But then when you're, bro, when you're like California broke, you're doing a little bit better than everyone else in the country, which is crazy to say but that just goes to show like what's happened in san francisco and what's happened in the bay area and the entire state these last couple of years so like how, how long have like the, the the tech companies been there uh, that, that that's what i want to know because i remember living there and it not being well i, I remember it being fucking hard because i slept in a fucking closet but i don't it <laughs> I, I don't recall it ever being that bad you know what they, um the, the tech there was always tech in Silicon Valley. That was like, that was no, but what, what people didn't realize is that it, 
it had already, you know, the powers that be had already signed the city away way before, you know, any of these yuppies or any of these hipsters had came into the city. You know, things happen behind closed doors that we don't know of. And our last mayor, you know, rest in peace to Mayor Lee, he signed the city's soul away when, you know, when really, when was it? Um... 2010 was on the website. That's a flex. Um, Boo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it actually happened around the 2010, 2011 years where he signed a bill to let the Niners leave for Santa Clara, uh, let, let the Salesforce power get built, and really just let tech come in and buy all these buildings and the crazy part is gentrification doesn't, it, it doesn't start with, you know, the yuppies and things and the high priced coffees like I was talking about. It starts with, it starts with like legislation and what your city and government are doing behind closed doors because we, we, um, we were ill-equipped for what was going to happen. And that's like the biggest problem with San Franciscans right now. Like, you know, with this tech stuff, it could have been all cool, but then, you know, they didn't equip us with, you know, education in our schools to, you know, if maybe get into it, maybe learn about these, about the tech industry and learn about, uh, you know, coding and social media marketing and things like that. And, you know, it's really a product of the government not pre- prepping us all those years beforehand. I, I wholeheartedly agree, man. I feel like we, I think because we're millennials. And well, I'm a millennial. At least I, I don't know. You're Filipino, dude. You could be 50. You, you'll still look the same. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm millennial, bro. So, and so people like people think I'm a Gen Zer because I look so. Because they say I look fucking 18. Bro, you, you, you. That, and that's what I'm saying. That, that's why I took like your age lightly because I, I have like Filipino homies who are like in their 40s and then they still look like they're like 15. I, I don't know how the how you guys do it, but damn. Um, it's, it's the mangoes, bro. It's the mangoes. <laughs> Shout out to the mangoes. <laughs> Um, secret, secret, secret here. You gotta eat the bone. <laughs> oh fuck! There you go. That's where all the calcium is, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that that's the secret sauce right there. Um, so you know, I, I guess you know all all these tech companies moving in, and there's there is no end in sight because from what it looks like, they're they're obviously taking over Los Angeles and most of LA County. Google is mm-hmm. is actually now here in Vegas, and uh, really? yeah, there's a there's a they have their own campus. Uh, it's not a campus. It, it's a Oh, oh, gosh, it's God. no, it, it's it's not a storage facility. It's a, it, it's, a warehouse. It's not a warehouse. It's 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 an actual facility that. Uh, gosh, bro, why why is my my Silicon Valley brain not kicking in? Um, it, it's <laughs> what, it, where in Vegas is it? It's in Henderson. It, it's actually uh, southeast of Vegas. Really, it's right across the freeway. Yeah, it, it it's in Henderson. It's uh, yeah, it, it's a facility for not not for storage, but I it's. Gosh, bro, I, I hate not knowing the terms. It, it's where the, the those little machines are for the cloud. There you go. Uh, yeah. like it's a data, the data storage. Uh, there you house. go. <laughs> that got was it, that was the it. term I was looking for. Uh, and and they I ha- got you. I got. You. And and they have that here. And I mean, I'm pretty sure you don't need that many people to run it. But you know, the thought of Google having its footprint here, the fact that Tesla has its footprint here. You know, there's a big Tesla building here, and they're they're planning on. Uh, do you do you recall uh, Elon Musk digging tunnels through LA to 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 try out the Hyperloop? 
Oh, yeah, bro. I mean, they have been talking about that shit for years. I mean, I think it was, wasn't it Elon Musk that was talking about bringing, doing that bullet train from San Francisco to L.A.? So, yeah, and they're still talking about it, and, and, and it's, a, it's a lost cause. It, pe- people need to stop it. it it's, it's now going from <laughs> Vegas. It, no, dude, it's seriously now going from, like, L.A. to Victorville. It's not making it to really? Vegas anymore. Yeah, that's what they had passed it for, and people are still trying to continue it, uh, continue and, and try to pass more. But um, Elon is actually the, what he's doing is uh, he's doing it from McCarran Airport to uh, to actually the Strip, and and that's like, oh, wow. yeah, it, it, you're you're again using technology to improve human lives. But Uber and the cab business is is out of money. If that's the case, man. Yeah, yeah, man. You know, Elon, he's he's really making his fucking weight. He let his power be known. Um, when was it? I think it was probably around April or May. So there's a Tesla factory in Fremont, which is about 20, 30 minutes across the bridge from the city. And he, and they had to close it down, obviously, because of COVID. But he was bitching the entire time to the city of uh, Fremont, telling them, Hey, if you don't open up again, we're going to leave. You know, we're going to go to Nevada. Like, I didn't like Nevada or we're going to go to Texas. Like, we're going to leave and we're going to take this entire economy. And, you know, um, Fremont and that whole area has been built around that Tesla factory. You know, er every business that was open pre-COVID, every restaurant, every, you know, store, little, you know, little knickknacks and things like that. It was built to attract people who worked at Tesla and Gavin Newsom, he really folded when, when, um, when Elon said, "Hey, we're gonna leave if you don't fucking open back up." And not but a week later, when Gavin promised, "Hey, we're not gonna open because it's COVID and it's dangerous," what does he do? He opens it back up. It's fucking crazy. That's insane, and and it's crazy to say because you know everything that you just said now is. I think that the how I'm trying to you know wrap it around my head is that America has been technically run like a company these last four years because we have a businessman in the president's chair. And if you, Mm -hmm. if you really look at, I guess, technical America corporation or I guess certain types of retail or work industries in the United States is you get up to go to work, even if you don't feel good because you have, that's how you put food on the table. Regardless, you, you, you don't work that you don't eat, you don't work, your family starves. And we have been on what, eight months of, of a lockdown in this country. You know, we, we've, we've suffered so many, you know, opens and stops. And I'll be honest, bro, me living in Las Vegas, I've, I've had restaurants, dining restaurants for about a month and a half now. So it's kind of been somewhat normal and bars are open here and you can eat inside. Gavin Newsom mm-hmm. is, isn't allowing some of you guys to open up until like certain neighborhoods get better with COVID. That that's, that's what I'm not getting. It's it's, I really do think like this guy and, and Disney are, are just trying to fuck Californians out of what they have left. Yeah, man. And then that's a part of like the bigger issue of gentrification when, um, you know, it, I was saying earlier that it's kind of like a, I didn't say it, but I implied it that it's kind of, it's a ripple effect, you know, it's, started in san francisco and, and la in the major cities but it's going to go throughout california he actually gavin newsom actually just passed a law that's going to go into effect in 2035 where he's going to ban uh gas gas powered cars from being sold in california and the state is going to be completely like solar powered and clean but it's like at the same time 
who is it that can afford these uh these high priced cars? You know, only middle class, which is you know dwindling, middle and high class families can afford it. And eventually, the people that do have the gas gas powered cars, they will be fine for all this, which is the crazy part because it's like. Are you, are, are you, re- am I, I'm not going to get rid of my fucking Toyota Corolla. Like I got the 2015, uh, uh, Toyota Camry, sorry, fuck Corolla. I have a Camry from 2015. I'm not going to get rid of it in 2035. Like it's still going to be good. I'm going to have another car, but like Camry lasts forever, bro. And like, fuck if all that, if I'm going to get rid of it, like I just finished paying it off. Like I'm going to have it for 15 more years at least. So, so you know, like the the way that these like tax scams work for uh, for these for these companies. So, I think the way that Gavin Newsom had it put out for uh, for like Ford and Chevy, well, all motor companies, right? Is that if you after you sell one hundred fifty thousand uh, of of these electric units, you uh, you no longer have that California tax break, right? And what essentially the the, the government has been doing is you know, Tesla's all electric cars. There's, there's no gas power in all of them. So they sold those 150,000 yeah. units quick, right? And then you have, mm-hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong, would you buy a fucking Chevy, uh, a Chevy Volt? Would you buy a Fuck Nissan no. Leaf? No. Exactly. Fuck so no. so you have to sell 150 of those and then you lose your tax credit. So Ford and Toyota and Nissan have been pumping out these shitty electric cars just so they can get a tax credit. They have no intention of turning into a fucking gas-powered vehicle. California is going to be walking in, in 2035 if that's the case. Because, again, I, I love the Camry. I, I've, I've, I once owned one, greatest fucking car of my life. And, you know, I, I curse the people who own it now because I want it back now more than ever. But <laughs> <laughs> those are my uncles, by the way, so it's fine. Um, so it, it, it's crazy. Gavin Newsom, and I hate to say it, dude, like, you know the conspiracies behind this guy. You know how him, his dad, and Pelosi's dad were, you know, were all business buddies, how they have a town technically under their name, and they were meant to keep, you know, the money amongst themselves. But, yeah. But damn, dude, that, that's, you have to understand, dude, California is the fifth largest economy in the world, dude. And this guy's running the show. Yeah, bro. I mean, it's pretty fucking nuts. Uh, Honestly, people are wait. There, there was there were fires. Well, I mean, there's still fires. There was this huge fire in the North Bay not too long ago, probably like a month ago, and it looked like, uh, it looked like, uh, what is that movie? That Harrison Ford movie? It, oh, it looked like Blade Runner 2049. It was yeah. so fucking crazy. Like nobody knew what day it was. Nobody knew what time it was unless you looked at your phone. And people were really, people were really coming to terms with the idea, like, hey. We're going to break off soon and become our own economy. Is this going to be the fucking guy that leads us into the next generation? And I, I, I really don't know. I, I really don't think so. In the beginning of quarantine, he really had it all together. Like, he knew what he was doing. Like he, he, It looked like he was listening to himself. But the last couple months, it's really been you're, you're starting to see he, like his intentions and who's paying him off. Exactly, and and again, you you have to like look at these politicians, right? It's you, they've 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 never been for the people. I think we can all agree to that, as, especially as millennials, because we don't fall for this. Well, he's a good man of God type shit. No, 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 no. We 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 know a piece of shit when we see one because we were raised in that generation that had to call it out, you know. And yeah, and I think that's what we're seeing now because 
I mean, you don't hear shit from Governor Sisolak here in Nevada because Trump dragged his ass through the dirt. I, I can honestly tell you, dude, this this is probably going to be the last Democrat uh, Democrat governor Nevada is going to have in a good minute, dude. And really, uh, dude, like he, he Trump had Trump held a rally in in central Nevada, dude, in in one of these small towns here. Thousands of people just showed up, and and when they brought up, you know, uh, Governor Sisolak. Because uh, he w- he was the first governor that was really against uh, Trump speaking against uh, mail-in ballots, and uh, it- it's common here in Nevada actually because you know you don't want to go outside because it's it's Nevada, and yeah, and you know he he was really against that and he just started dragging his name through the dirt while your governor doesn't think blah blah and people just cheered him on and it made me realize like, damn dude that that's the uh, majority here the, the the MAGA people are the majority in in, in most parts of of Nevada so if if that guy's just, I mean, Donald Trump's not going to be in the White House in in December. Well, after January, hopefully, and and we're going to see. You don't think so? I, I'll be honest, bro. I hate to say it, but Sleepy Joe and and pot smoking Kamala have it because I, I I if if you saw the debate tonight, bro, it, it was literally Kamala just looking at an old senile man saying, "Just like, really, dude, that that doesn't make any baffled, sense." Bro, you think she, she looked, looked baffled? No, not baffled, and she was like confused. She looked baffled in like the bullshit that uh, Pence was speaking was uh, spewing out of his mouth the whole time, and it, it was honestly like it was. Uh, I don't know. It, it was interesting. I. <laughs> but uh, yeah, to, to the to the point of you know the presidency. I don't know, man. Uh, it really goes to like if people go out and vote. I mean, I. I'm not going to say I'm the biggest voter. Like, I haven't voted since, like, 20, 2012. I didn't vote in the last election. But, like, this election, I am taken pretty seriously. So, like, if people go out and vote, I do believe he will, that uh, 45 will come will come out of power. But I don't believe that he'll give up that power. I I really want to see how it goes. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not the, the biggest fan of, the Trump administration, and it's not because of Donald Trump. Actually, it's it's because of his senior advisor, Stephen Miller. And and I've actually caught a lot of backlash today for for a post that I made about him having COVID. I, to this morning, I found out that Stephen Miller, you know, tested positive for 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 the coronavirus. I cheered it oh, on. Really? Yeah, I cheered it on because fuck that guy, fuck him and his ideas. And and if people <laughs> no seriously, if people have an issue with what I say, go, just Google him. Google him. He he grew up in one of the most liberal places in the world, only to grow up to be a bullshit racist. This this man called Maya Angelou. Uh, she she called he called her like a, a conspiracy theorist on on race because he couldn't comprehend why the cage bird sang. You know he he referred to uh, you know uh, Middle Easterns in in the western part of Europe and in America as the uh, the the camp of the saints. You know, which was this? Uh, it's it's really big in in I guess the the western, well, the right side of things or the alternative right side of things. It's really big mm-hmm. with them because it it teaches how people from third world countries moving to western civilizations usually means the end of western civilization. And I hate to uh, okay. I hate to say it, dude. I I mean, I I'd like a fucking taco card at the end of every street corner. So I I, I have to disagree with you. No, it, it's not that. It's it's the people and the the changes that that make this place so great. But on, on I guess not too much on on the topic of Stephen Miller. But um, Corona, do your thing. Um, 
I had it myself, man. <laughs> I had it myself. My entire family had it. My mother had it. My son had it. His mother had it. It, it, it it's dude it's a doozy i'm i'm i was a young i'm a young healthy dude and and i just remember just the the, the fluid in my lungs just moving yeah. back and forth and and there was times where i was just like laying in bed and you know no one around just thinking fuck dude i i think i might die if i go to sleep because i might choke on like the fluid that's that's in my lungs i can't control it you know and damn that's crazy bro uh you know glad to hear that you're safe and healthy man that's a no, that's not something I take lightly. I actually just took my first COVID test today, yeah. ironically enough. Um, and I had been pretty safe. I had been, dude, I've been staying in the fucking house like it's nobody, nobody's business. Like, even when I was working, I would try to stay home as much as I can. And, you know, my girlfriend would take the COVID test because she's a teacher. And, you know, she would, she would pass the flying colors and I would just say, okay, I'm good. But today I actually, I said, you know, we got to do this, especially because I have a trip coming up where, you know, my family and I are going to be together and we want to be as safe as possible. And, you know, we want to be close and embrace each other because we haven't really done that in the last, what, like eight or nine months. Right. Damn, dude, that, that, that's, that's hard. Did, did you get the one that goes down your throat? No, nah, dude, I just had to stick it up my nose. Uh, it felt like I was touching the back of my skull, really. That's <laughs> <laughs> nice. It, dude, that... It felt, dude. You ever seen the scene of like a, like a samurai, like Ronin forty, like nin, Ronin ninja, mm-hmm. Ronin forty seven? It felt like that when he like, when he slices somebody in the back of their head. That's why I was like, this is this is like an honorable honorable death right now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, no, the, the the COVID tests suck, man, and I encourage everyone to be as safe as possible because I, I've I've lost I've lost a few patients already because of this and. You know that there, there there was you know some some misfortune in 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 those families when I'll never forget and this not not to get too much into it she was uh she was out of the country and I remember the mom calling me while she was at the airport and she goes hey just for next week don't send a nurse why is everything okay she goes so and so passed away I I had gone to the market she was she had a bit of a cough I came back and she was gone and I'm like fuck bro you you expect your kid to be there. You go to the market yeah. for, for for cough syrup, and you know you come back and and she's she's dead, you know. And and I guess the 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 people would want to you know dispute and say, oh, she had underlying conditions and blah blah. Like yeah, but that but that kid was was actually okay to like live and breathe and sleep and you know be by herself. And you mean to tell me be, because of her underlying conditions, she passed away in you know in under forty five minutes? Damn, that's tough, bro. But yeah, man. So and and Hello? yeah, Hello? It, yeah. Oh, okay. No, 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 I thought I lost you. Not negative. So and 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 just to you know give 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 the big shout out. Like where where can like my followers find you? Yeah, man. So uh, you can find me at on Instagram at Office Two Podcast, uh, Facebook at Office Two Podcast. Um, you can go to Office Two Podcast website. I also do blogs there. Uh, we're actually on a hiatus right now. I'm on a two week break because, uh, you know, all of this shit has just been like pretty heavy and like I've been doing a lot of shit lately. So I'm trying to get my shit back in order. And we're actually doing, you know, we're doing some things for the show. We're, we're trying to shake it up a little bit and put, put more content out there, but it's going to be really dope, man. Or you can also follow me at, at Wally Hippolito. Um, that's W A L Y H I P O L I C O. 
the same goes for my Twitter. You'll see Andre3000. And, uh, yeah, I'm available on all major streaming platforms and YouTube. Um, you can listen to me on Spotify, SoundCloud, Pandora, iHeart, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. And I always miss one. <laughs> oh, and, and, and Stitcher. And Stitcher. That's like, yeah. But yeah, you can find me on all those, and yeah, man, let me know because uh, you know I love to engage with people, man. Like I think, I think one of the problems that we've had in this country the last couple of years is our willingness to like learn from each other and not kind of yell at each other. I actually had a conversation with this dude who was voting for Trump the other day, and you know this guy isn't a bad guy, but it's like you know I got to understand what he why he's voting for this guy. You know, we had a good conversation. He understood me. I understood him. And, you know, I think that's one thing that I love about podcasting that, you know, you can have people on or you can jump on other people's shows and really have like a, like a meaningful conversation. No, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And uh, the, the, the cherry on top, the question that I ask all my guests, because this is a podcast for my son and, uh, what would you tell a kid growing up? What what piece of advice or what would you tell a kid growing up in 2020? Um, a kid growing up in 2020. Uh, one, okay, one thing I would tell a kid in 2020 is don't be scared. You know, I mean, of course that, that I mean, of course be scared of COVID or, you know, health and things like that, but don't be afraid to do what you want to do. I think, uh, I mean, for myself, growing up as a Filipino kid, I'm very uh, family-driven, and a lot of that has, uh, you know, kind of affected me in ways that I, I didn't know. So I just want kids to, like, be able to enjoy and, you know, venture out on their own. Because uh, if, if somebody told me that when I was 9, 10, 11, 12, I probably wouldn't have been trying to chase, like, a like a hoop dream or whatever. I probably would have been doing this at 12 or 13, but you know, no regrets in life. I, I fucking love the life I live, man. But yeah, I would advise kids to go explore and really like do everything that you can while you have the time, especially when you ain't got bills to pay. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, man. So everybody out there, again, this is my friend Wally. Hopefully, we're going to be out in San Francisco soon. We can meet up, have some tacos, have some Filipino food, and do some karaoke, brother. Hey, appreciate you having me on, Angel, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely, bro. Hopefully, I can come to Vegas soon and go to the fucking casino with you. Because uh, there's one, there's another thing Filipinos are notorious for. Is we're fucking, you know, we're gamble-holics. And oh, I, yeah. I definitely inherited that gene. <laughs> what, what, whenever you come, actually, you know what? There's there's three points of contact I just realized. You know Highland Park, I know San Francisco, and we both know Vegas. Oh, there it is, man. There you go, man. All right, brother. We're going to be checking out for tonight. All right, bro. Thank you for having me on, man. Likewise.